Okay, are we ready? All right, Genesis uh, 28, 10. Uh, we're going to start out there and uh, move through this uh, awesomeness podcast. Anyways, and Jacob left Beersheba and went towards Haran, and he came to a certain place and stayed there overnight because the sun was set. And taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head. He lay down there to sleep, and he dreamed that there was a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood over and beside him and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. I will give to you and to your descendants the land on which you are lying. And your offspring shall be as countless as the dust or sand of the ground. And you shall spread abroad to the west and the east, the north and the south. And by you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed and bless themselves. Behold, I am with you and will keep. I will watch over you with care. Take notice of you wherever you may go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done all that I have told you. Jacob awoke from his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. He was afraid and said, How to be feared and reverenced is this place. This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gateway to heaven. And Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone he had put under his head. He set up a pillar as a monument to the vision in his dream. And he poured oil on its top in dedication. He named that place Bethel. But the name of that city was Luz at first. Jacob made a vow saying, If you, God, will be with me and keep me in this way that I go and give me food to eat and clothing to wear so that I may come again to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone, which I have set up as a pillar monument, shall be God's house, a sacred place to me. And of all the increase of possessions that you give me, I will give a tenth to you. You know, in this uh, context here, in verse 10, it says, And Jacob left Beersheba, and he went toward Haran. And, you know, it's really interesting in studying the etymology or the name meanings in the Hebrew of what these places are. And uh, if you do this, I mean, I, I get so overjoyed so many times to like study scripture because it's so, it's so rich. And so when we're looking at this today, I just want you to, you know, think about that in your study times too. And so anyways, when we're looking at Beersheba, the meaning of Beersheba means to take an oath or it also means, or literally means to seven oneself. And I've got a podcast and I want to make reference here to it. It's called the palace of the eighth wonder. And because to seven oneself is an aspect here. And I deal with that in in that particular podcast on these seven dimensions or aspects of priesthood. And so literally take time to listen to that. And then, you know, you can come back to this or you can listen to all of this podcast now. But uh, to understand with a context, what does he mean when he's leaving the place of sevening oneself? And he's making this transition, Jacob is, toward Haran. And Haran uh, means mountaineer. And so he's in this place of going in between the place of sevening oneself. And again, go listen to that palace of the eighth wonder and coming to a place of being, uh, which means mountaineer or 
uh, in this transition. And in between this place of, of transition, he comes to a certain place and he stays there overnight uh, because the sun was set. Uh, many, you know, for many of us, and you're going to see this in your life, sometimes the sun sets on your particular circumstance or what you're going through, and you go through a period of darkness. And again, uh, there, I have another podcast called Dark Night. Um, and if you go into that one, you can look into what it means when the sun sets. St. John of the Cross talks about like three dark nights. And, and so there's this dark night of the soul and it involves your sense and your spirit. And then there's, there's even a more advanced dark night, uh, you know, when your sun sets. And this is what's happening to uh, Jacob here. The sun set and it, it's time for him to lay down uh, and go to sleep at this in-between place of being sevened and the place of the mountaineer. Uh, before he's going to uh, come to a place of true ruling and reigning, he's he's got to go through this in-between place. And again, this place uh, we find out is, is called Bethel. But what happens is, is he comes to a place where he has, you know, he's going to sleep uh, and he, he puts his head on a, on a stone. And, you know, later on we find out that stone is Christ. Uh, and, and we find out, too, that how important it is to rest. There are seasons of our life that we're going through, and um, there's this uh, being put to sleep. Um, like take Adam, for instance. When the rib is taken out from him, it says, and God put him to sleep. And um, also in Genesis, I believe it is uh, chapter number 15, when there's a uh, oath right or a circumcision right, he's going to go through with the Lord. It says that he was put to sleep. And so... There's this time when we're, you know, that we're uh, metaphorically or even in a real way, it's time for us to like come to a place of stillness in our life. And so this is happening here. And so he lays his head down to go to sleep. And then it says he dreamed and there's this ladder set up on earth uh, and it reaches to heaven and the angels of God are ascending and descending on it. And, you know, at this point, this is where I I wanted to just tell you, like, you know, because a lot of these podcasts, I'm telling you some experiences that I had. But this was about June, you know, the June time frame around 2015. Uh, we were running some worship and prayer meetings in downtown Hendersonville, North Carolina, and uh, we were just meeting together and and just worshiping the Lord to see what he'll do. And so one of these worship meetings, I'm uh, just sitting with, uh, again, Stephen Scroggs Jr., and he's worshiping the Lord. And, and the next thing you know, let me just tell you this, a large part of my life I've not experienced what I'm about to tell you. So this isn't like something at this point is in my experience. But as we're worshiping, my uh, spiritual eyes get open and I um, look up. And I see this shimmery, uh, silverish, blackish, like almost like the way water would look on a midnight, but it has like a, a jello kind of look to it. And it's above my head and it's just, and it's, it's just moving and it's like alive. And, and I see it and I, I'm like, huh. I think I'm going to put my head in that. And so I did just kind of 
stick my head into this and it kind of envelops and goes around my neck. Now, mind you, in in, uh, 2 Corinthians 12, Paul said, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. And my experience at this point, and I'm, you know, just starting to learn about this, uh, you're in the body and you're out of the body at the same time because you can actually, you can see through your own eyes, but you also can see yourself. So I believe it's another dimension because you, it's like you're looking down at yourself, but you're also in yourself at the very same moment. And I stick my head in this uh, shimmery uh, later on. You know, I, I think I found out it was a veil. And I stick my head in it. And when I go in, I go into this, uh, like this dark, moose-like black substance that looks like it has lightning in it. And um, and it's, it's a more of a, like a, a darker black than that shimmery veil. Well, it, as soon as I start to experience this, I have this sensation that the people that are in the room uh, beneath me need ministry. Um, that they're dealing with some wounds and hurt in their life, and uh, and as soon as my spirit connects to their need for ministry, I drop out of this experience, and I realize that I need to go over and pray for people and. There were some healing issues and some soul hurt issues in the room. And I, uh, you know, just got, I believe, you know, just went over and started praying for people and asking the Lord to do his work. And, you know, I'm kind of like, oh man, because I could really feel it draw me down into the room out of that place and this experience. Uh, and I started to realize something that, that we, a lot of us, especially when we're coming into these worship sets and these meetings, you know, that people are really hurting and going through things at home and through their past and are wrestling with things. And certainly for me, being in leadership and being in ministry, there's a draw to be able to, you know, bless people and pray for them and, and want the best for them. And, and it's the heart, I believe, of the Father to just touch us and heal us. But I'm kind of like disappointed because I'm like, man, I'm like having an experience here and I want to go on with it. Well, so it's the next day. Uh, we're back at back middle of the day, you know, before lunch. And okay, here we go again. We're going to start worshiping. And so I start uh, worshiping again. And oh man, there there's this veil again. And this time I did my homework. I before we went up, I went ahead and started praying for everybody. I was like, Lord, if you have a word for them, if you have anything to say to them, just let me know now. Because if, if I'm going to be taken up, you know, I want to make sure I'm cleared off uh, to be a blessing. So I learned this, that, you know, to, to get the enemy under our feet corporately and how important it is in ministry to just go ahead and um, ask the Lord to heal and touch and get everybody in a really good place so we can ascend together. So uh, I, I did my homework this time. I uh, went and prayed for the people that needed prayer and how the Holy Spirit was working and boom, there I am right up again in this, this shimmery lining. And um, this time I'm like, I stuck my hands into it and uh, kind of like uh, where you would like pull something back. So you just kind of have to picture kind of like you're diving into water, but you're going up instead of down. And I put my hands into this like you would hit the water and I pushed it out away from my body. And when I did, this veil opens up into like a perfect circle. Well, I start spinning in the circle 
and my legs are like out and my arms are out and I'm in a spin. And I said to the Holy Spirit, I was like, if this is what you want me to do for your people, Lord, I'm, you know, I'm in this and I'm here to open up something for them. And the Lord speaks to me and he says, tell the angels to come open the port, hold the portal open. And I'm like, oh, this is a portal. All right. So uh, you know, I'm speaking in tongues and I, I speak this tongue and I see these uh, two white beings come to the edge of this uh, circle and I see that their hands come down and they hold this thing open and it gets a little bit wider and I'm like, wow, there's two luminescent beings on one side or the other and they're sitting there holding this, uh, what the world calls a portal. Now, mind you, I I really am thinking, am I really having this experience? I just want to be real. I mean, because it's like, this is happening, or is it? Or am I just imagining things? Uh, and I want to encourage you because, I mean, I, I'm if I'm feeling that, I bet that many that go into these realms are imagining that same thing. That this, this isn't like a, this can't be real. This can't be happening. So, um, well, I go back up in that chocolate mousse-like substance you know, you don't feel it or anything, and it has like lightning breaks or something or cracks of light in it. And I, um, you know, climbing up in it, you know, I don't know about three or four feet above that where that shimmery lining is. Now it's underneath my feet. And uh, all of a sudden, up and to my right, a golden ladder appears uh, just out of nowhere. And I'm like, huh, what is that? And it just kind of goes up into the darkness, but I, you know, I see I don't know five or six rungs, and it's about I guess about two two and a half feet wide, and I think, well, you know what, I'm going to climb that thing. Uh, so I, I go over there to it, and you know I grab hold of it, and I start to climb up, and uh, I go up a little ways, and then all of a sudden I'm you know kind of looking up, and all of a sudden this thumb and a forefinger the index finger and a thumb it's as big as my body or let's let's just say the the thumbnail itself is probably the size of my chest comes down and it's got this hand has this little cube in it and oh man i'm like i say this to to holy spirit i said like i need a bible verse because I think I'm having, either I'm, some, something's wrong, you know, with me. Well, all of a sudden I hear James 1, 17. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights, of whom there is no variable or shadow of turning. And I'm like, oh, it's the Father uh, with a gift. It's the Father. I mean, is this your hand? You know, I'm. Oh my goodness, it's the thumb, nail, and the fing- index finger of the father. Or, you know, I'm like, I'm just you know, standing on his rung his ladder. So I'm like, you're giving me a gift? You know, oh, you know, so I'm like, okay, so I just stick my hand up, my right hand up above my head. And this cube uh, is as big as my whole hand. I said, the Holy Spirit, I was like, what is this? And uh, he said, well, it's a a tesseract. (laughs) And 
I have no idea what a Tesseract is. And I'm like, what is a Tesseract? And I hear the Holy Spirit. Uh, and I said, I need another Bible verse. And he says, Ephesians 3.18, that you may comprehend with all the saints what is the length, the width, the height, and the breadth of the love of God. And so I receive this Tesseract. It's kind of like a bluish color, and it's like glowing. And I drop out of the experience, and there I am sitting in my seat beside Stephen while he's playing worship. And I, um, I go on Google, and I type in Tesseract. And come to find out, a Tesseract is a four-dimensional analog of a cube. And the, the Tesseract is a cube as the cube is to a square. So it's got it's got like six faces, and it's it's a, a one of six of a convex regular four polytype. Well, I don't you know know exactly what all that means, but I I come to find out later because you know I start studying Ephesians three eighteen and James one seventeen after this experience that this is some kind of four dimensional cube that allows you to access access through uh, time and. And, and it has to do with the love of God. And, of course, you know, I, I read you Genesis 32, or excuse me, 28. And I realized, you know, with the Holy Spirit, I'm like, oh, you know, I've been in the second heaven. And I've had this experience that's similar to Jacob on a golden ladder. And uh, I've received this Tesseract cube. And, you know, so I started to ask the Lord, you know, what is this about? And this is part and parcel what I really want to share with you today. And and the Lord speaks to me, says, you know, much of my church has experienced love in three dimensions. But to come into the fifth dimension, you got to come through the fourth dimension. Like if you want to come into a third heaven experience or come in uh, beyond the second heaven, you've got to come through by the path of love. And I've got to give this to you by my grace. I'm going to have to give you love, but you need to experience love uh, through a second heaven. You know, you're experiencing love through a second heaven encounter. And now I got to tell you folks, you know, for real what's going on during this, me and Kara and the kids are really going through it with trials. And I just want to be real straightforward. Uh, Things are just coming at us just left and right. You know, I, I don't want to make anybody afraid, but I, I'll just tell you that I don't think our enemy at all likes for someone to start getting engaged in uh, the love of God in a new way. And so this is part and parcel of our sanctification. You know, so the enemy's attacking and we're growing deeper in love while we're coming up through this second heaven experience. And so. Uh, you know, our finances are, are going through trials. Our uh, friendships are being tried. Our relate, our family relationships are being tried. And, you know, our marriage is going through uh, its own testing. The kids are going through uh, testing. And so this uh, going through this experience like this is, of course, is uh, very uh, trying for our entire family. But, you know, I can tell you this, and I'm, you know, experiencing this. Also, I'm experiencing this uh, sense of just the love of God and the peace of God that's, you know, coming over my soul. And, uh, you know, I'm just in relationship with him. And I'm like, man, you know, you really are, uh, you really are good. And, I, I, and, you know, we can trust you. 
and I'm learning what it means to just really like come into a place of, of not accepting everything that we see as reality because I'm noticing that when you go through an experience like this that that people in some situations and they don't realize that they're kind of ill-informed are actually coming against what God's doing in your life and they don't really realize that they're agents being used and and one of the things that I'm starting to learn is not to take a lot of things that are going to happen with certain individuals personally uh, because uh, they, I don't think, I think it's a lot like in Jesus when he's going through his passion, he says, you know, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Uh, and so just growing in love like that. Well, I think later on, you know, I'm pretty sure it was after this. Um, I'm actually going to check it right now so I can give you the correct on this because I want to make sure this is right. Okay, so... So back to the text, it says, now that Jacob had left Beersheba, meaning that he had been sevened, and now he's going towards Haran, which means mountaineer. He had, there had been a place set up in between that place. And so on your path, you know, again, uh, there's this aspect, I believe there's a proverb that says, a righteous man falls seven times, but he will get up. And so Jacob's going through this and you and I are going through this and God is uh, developing us in these seven aspects. But there does come a time where you're going to be a mountaineer. There does come a time when you're going to rejoice and have victory over all of your enemies and they're going to be placed under your feet. And so for many of us, there's this stopping off place. And I, you know, I really want to encourage you in this podcast, because this is where the Lord, you know, says to Jacob, he says, look, I'm your Lord. I'm the God of Abraham, your father and the God of Isaac. And I'm going to give you the land on which you're lying. He says, you know, look up. I'm going to give you the, uh, the North, South, the East and the West and your offspring and all the families of the earth uh, will be blessed and, and be blessed themselves and know that I'm going to watch over you with care. And I'm going to bring you back until I've done everything that I've told you. I know that this this Galactic Progeny podcast probably advanced for many of you, but my hope is is that you're really encouraged. Uh, some of you are going through some really dark places. You're going through uh, a dark night, and these I just want you to really hear this. This is like this is probably if you're going through this uh, a place of Bethel or a stopping off place. This is probably one of the most intense and greatest moments that you'll ever go through. I, I prize my that Tesseract moment. Uh, and I'm going to end up doing another podcast called Sapphire Throne. And I, uh, I'll eventually it'll be up. But I really want you to go and listen to that because out of this cube of space is what it's called. And the foundation of the throne is what the Lord is actually laying down uh, to build a cornerstone of his, uh, I believe, for his government in the earth. And I I want to encourage you that those of you that are pressing into the Lord, you know, number one, like if you're in a ministry setting, don't think so much of yourself that you don't go to others and minister to them. Because, you know, no man has greater love than this, and he lays his life down for his friends. And I just go and minister to others because you'd be really surprised what happens after that. 
I'm reminded in this podcast of Second Corinthians um, chapter number four, and I want to show you something here as a, a mechanism that Paul had learned. He said uh, in verse 12, he said, death is actively working in us, but it's in order that our life may be actively at work in you. And he says, yet we have the same spirit of faith as he who wrote, I have believed and therefore I have spoken. We too believe and therefore we speak. Assured that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will raise us up also with Jesus and bring us along with you into his presence. Now take note of this. Paul is saying, man, I'm really going through something that is death that is working in me, the work of the cross. Why? Because I want life to work out in you. So Paul's focus is not himself. He's focused outwardly. Now he's primarily focused to bring glory to the Father. But outwardly, he's saying, I'm hoping that what's going on in my life is going to be a blessing for your life. Then he says, but don't let what is happening in my life shut down my uh, my speaking. I think so many times we're going through dark places, but we think, well, we shouldn't speak because we've been disqualified. But what you're going through may be qualifying you to actually speak and bring command over situations in your life and for others. So he says, we believe and therefore we speak. Watch this though. He says, assured that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will raise us up also with Jesus and bring us along with you into his presence. Paul's saying, unless you go up into his presence, I'm not going up. And so as as a an understanding here of you know learning that in the ministry time in your works or ministries or churches or you know, a lot of people are primarily going there a lot of times to receive like a prophetic word or something from somebody. But if we would just turn out and go over as the Holy Spirit prompts you and bless someone else and say, you know, the Lord's been speaking to me and I just want to bless you or I have this word for you and be an encouragement to someone else, you may find out that like I did, that that the Lord opens up and brings a revelation to my life and my family that we really needed. And without that mechanism, we we can't all come up together. He's like, I want you to know that I, assuredly, as you're raised up in the Lord Jesus, so shall I. And these things are taking place for your sake, he says, so that more grace extends to more and more people and multiplies through the many, the more thanksgiving may increase and redound to the glory of God. So why does God allow us to go through dark places? Why did he allow Jacob to go through a Bethel experience? Why? Uh, Well, for us, I mean, the patriarch of the faith, why are you going through dark places or stopping off points? Why? For the glory of the Lord. Why? Because he wants it to be that we all are caught up into his presence and more and more, and there'll be a multiplication on our life and more and more people will be blessed uh, through our lives. And love extends and it brings us into other aspects, other aspects of which I'm going to get into in this phase double O experiences, especially when we get into the Sapphire throne. I like to call it the Sapphire home and throne. Uh, the place where the home and throne comes together. Let's uh, let's just go before the Lord 
and uh, just communicate with him, Jesus, wow, look what you've done and how you've brought us along this journey is so uh, amazing. Uh, like, uh, like you brought Jacob, you know, where he had seven, he, he had seven himself through an oath, an oath right that you had brought him through at Beersheba and had got into one of these stopping off points where he's caught up into the heaven and sees you and, you know, uh, sees the, sees angels going up and down in a ladder. And uh, Lord, you bring us through experiences like this and uh, a place where you have to put us at rest and put us to sleep so that we could uh, experience something. Lord, let us see the mechanism here that Paul saw that, Lord, it's, uh, you know, and unlike myself that at first I couldn't even interact with this environment because, you know, I was sort of needed to go spend time with your people. Help us to like see others, Lord, before we see ourselves, to minister to others. And on the other side of that is revelation and breakthrough for us. Help us to get like a uh, understanding of this in our in our spirit and help us to uh, not turn in, but turn out. And so that we can turn up, so that we can come up into your presence and experience a new understanding insight that you have for us to grow in and develop in and that we may comprehend with all the saints what is the length, what is the breadth, what is the height, and what is the depth of your love. Amen.